Podcast. Today we are joined by Mark Fortunato from MGM Wireless Limited, ASX stock code MWR. Welcome, Mark, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me on the show. We're trying to get a few different interesting people on the podcast who have a story to share with our listeners. Can you tell us a bit more about MWR, where you have come from, and where the story is at today? Sure, George. Uh, well, MGM Wireless uh, has been, uh, was founded in 2000, and we've been a public company since 2003. And we really grew the business on the back of uh, the, the, uh, the discovery and pioneering the use of SMS messaging in schools. So we're the company that invented uh, the use of uh, or the application of uh, when a, a, a child or student hasn't arrived to school, parents get an automated SMS messaging message. Um, and we've really grown the business on the back of that uh, since uh, discovering that in 2003. Okay. And so you've moved or transitioned that business into a smart watch, um, I guess, product and application for schools. Can you tell us how it's applicable to the schools and how many you have on there and some of the features and what the watch actually does for the kids and, and for the parents, I guess? Sure. Well, um, well, uh, when, uh, well, we, we grew the, uh, the school messaging business to the stage where we got up to about uh, oh, almost 2,500 schools, which is basically one in four, one in five of every school in the country using our systems. Um, but that's, uh, over the years, that's really become a, a mature marketplace and, uh, and uh, the price of SMS messaging keeps dropping. So it's very hard to grow your top line revenues when uh, with such significant price drops year on year. So we've been looking at ways of uh, growing the business for many years. Um, and, um, and just getting back to the messaging business, um, when a parent receives a text message to let them know that their child hasn't arrived to school, the very next question they ask themselves is, where are they? Now, we've been trying to solve this uh, problem for quite some time. Um, and we look at developing apps and have developed apps and done all sorts of different things. Then about four and a half years ago, the penny dropped where we thought, well, why don't we try to do something extremely ambitious and develop an all-in-one smartphone, watch and GPS device? Um, so we really thought about that and uh, it was very ambitious or still is a very ambitious project. Uh, but we decided to do it because we thought that if we could solve this problem, we'd be, uh, have a significant business opportunity on our hands. Um, so here we are, four years later, uh, we've developed a watch. Um, it's, it works extremely well. It was a very, very challenging project to undertake. Luckily enough, we uh, were able to hire and bring into the company the smartest people in this field. Um, so here we are today. We've got the watch. It's been on the market for about uh, coming up to a year now, and uh, it's going extremely well. I might just jump around a little bit in, in some of the questions just touching on your staff, um, you've assembled a leadership team with experience uh, working or coming from places like Nokia, Microsoft, GoPro, Motorola. Um, for our entrepreneurial listeners, how important is it for a company uh, and for a founder to be able to assemble the right team around you to help drive the, the vision and the product? Well, it's absolutely critical. Um, the uh, any entrepreneur, any leader for that matter, company leader needs to work out ways where they can uh, transcend their own physical, mental, and and uh, energy constraints to grow the business. Um, 
and to recruit the best possible people into the company and to onboard them properly and motivate them and to lead them is absolutely essential. And it's one of the hardest things to do as you're growing a business. And you feel that they've come from, from overseas or they've all been based here in Australia and, and have moved over to join your company or have they were, were they headhunted? Uh, well, they were all head. Well, there's a combination of things. Um, we uh, in a lot of these things are sometimes serendipity. You just come across the right people um, through sheer luck. Um, the first really uh, significant person we were able to uh, bring in uh, to the company was a you know, genius of a guy called Paul Cooper, who had this tremendous track record and knowledge of uh, of how to build mobile phones and devices. He was one of the uh, early um, supply chain manufacturing leaders with Nokia. And he was there during the heyday when uh, Nokia was a startup and then became world leader in mobile phones. So he went through the real heartache there of, uh, of getting these phones to work, to uh, distribute, distribute manufacturing, distributing them around the world. So he uh, really drove and completed our manufacturing uh, process to get the watches onto the market. Uh, then we were lucky enough to uh, to recruit by uh, headhunters uh, some leading uh, sales and marketing people, people like Jason Lee um, and Mandy Lee, uh, who uh, came from uh, Disney, from uh, GoPro, uh, from Microsoft, um, to really uh, you know, highly experienced people to lead our sales, marketing, and more impo- very importantly, in our digital marketing efforts to uh, to commercialize the watch. Well, it sounds like a few pretty good people there and, and it's always nice to have uh, a team who have been there and done that before rather than, um, you know, paying people to learn on the job, I guess. Uh, the, in 2017, the Gartner Report, uh, just some some stats for the listeners, they had smart smartwatch sales forecasted to grow from $9.3 billion into, uh, into $17.4 billion from 2017-2021, with smartwatches on pace to achieve the greatest revenue potential among all wearables through 2021, with 30% of those smartwatch sales being to children aged 5 to 13, so roughly about a $5.5 billion industry. And I guess, Mark, that might be a good segue for you to to explain a bit more why your company is targeting 5 to um, 13-year-olds and and why you you haven't gone into a different age of the market and why this industry has been so untapped for such a period of time. Mm. Um, Well, you know, George, it's um, when we started building the watch or came across the idea to build the watch four years ago, there was no uh, reliable market research that we could rely on um, to determine, especially whether... Well, we, we, we instinctively thought there would be a market, but to, uh, we had no idea of how big this market could be. Uh, we really set out to solve a problem. Uh, the problem being when a child hasn't arrived to school, where are they? It was only about a week after we launched that Gartner came out with this report that indicated, uh, or in their opinion, showed that uh, the market uh, for kids' watches to be significantly bigger than uh, I ever imagined. Um, 
And after I got to say after about the first few weeks of uh, sales, uh, I could see that the uh, the demand uh, and interest in, in the watches was very significant, and so I could see straight away that we were onto something here. So. As we were selling the watch to, and actually, I need to uh, just to, you know, let you know too that uh, Space Talk is our second watch. We built our first watch. We built after about two years development, um, but uh, we had to abandon that model because we could just could never get it to work reliably, and certainly not to the quality level that parents expect and need to have to treat the or to use the watch as a, a true safety device. So Space Talk is our second watch, um, and along the way, we realized too that there was a there was a uh, a, a, a demographic uh, for the watch, um, and namely, it's really from the ages of about five to twelve. Because once kids reach the age of twelve or eleven or thirteen, they work out that they can have their own smartphone, uh, be it an iPhone or Android phone, and that's what they really want. So the market for our watch ends at about that point in time so you know this whole research thing with Gartner and the rest of it that's really quite new we were just following uh our gut feel so as to say and speak to uh, to really just solve a problem okay <clears throat> so you the market really wasn't there because a there was no technology to support a child um pre a phone and so the easiest way to enter that market, as you guys see, is as a wearable product. Yes. Well, yeah, we, um, I mean, we're following um, our, our, uh, our opinions in terms of how we see the market and what the market needs. Um, parents, especially responsible parents, um, would like to give their kids their freedom and independence to be kids, to go play in the park, to do stuff kids you know, in the past have done, but they're scared to do so. Um, they'd like to be connected uh, to their kids and they'd like to know where their, their kids are. But to give their, these young children, namely in the ages of 5 to 12, their own smartphone is really irresponsible. Um, giving a child at that age a smartphone, apart from the fact it's very expensive, opens them up to uh, social media, apps, access to the internet, YouTube, and all those horrible things that kids just aren't ready for. And these uh, devices, smartphones with apps, are highly, highly addictive. Um, it's interesting, I only saw an article uh, uh, the other day that uh, there's a real concern um, in some countries that um, we're, we're, you know, there's a whole generation of kids coming through that are just totally addicted to apps and uh, and uh, social media and this is very dangerous and uh, France just recently around uh, uh, announced that um, they're banning uh, uh, making it illegal for kids uh, under the age of 15 in fact to have a smartphone or to use a smartphone uh, and to use it in school so there are lots of drivers here that are making uh, you know, are driving the success and the uptake of spacewalk um, safety, connectivity, no apps, no access to the internet, no social media, and it's a device that works extremely well. It's a pretty interesting point that, and, and as a parent myself with three young children, the time, and, and I, I must admit, we sometimes will put our kids on a, on a tablet or a, um, an iPad and immediately 
they go wild when you take it off them. It is actually scary. They'll go and play a game and, and it is, it's that early sort of addiction and, you know, right or wrong, I'm not sure what the way forward is, but um, it well, is, you know, it George, is a noticeable really, problem. Yeah, you know, George, it's really important because um, kids between the uh, ages of 5 and 12 or perhaps even a bit older are just not mature enough to be using such highly addictive applications. Mm. Um, it just, I mean, arguably some adults perhaps aren't mature enough either. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it's a real social problem that we all are facing now. Um, so touching on some of the sales from uh, countries that already have established pipelines, you're looking at China who have up to 100,000, uh, some reports say a year. Um, I know we've discussed and you've said there's, there's different products that are selling in the $100,000 uh, $100, product range per month. Uh, Korea is a big mover in here. They're up to 175000 uh, per annum sold, and that was in, in 2017. So what do you think the addressable market is here in Australia, and what would be your thinking about moving into China or into Korea, or is it is it a product um, that you think is better suited for here? Well, the... Uh... The, uh, the, the information that we have um, that we're able to triangulate and, and somewhat verify is that for the last uh, few years, about 100,000 kids' watches are being sold per month in China and about 80,000 per month are being sold in South Korea. But um, we can't just overlay those numbers into the Australian market because those products are significantly different to Space Store or our kids watch. Uh, those products are not particularly reliable and they're certainly not secure. So parents cannot always rely on these watches uh, the, coming out of uh, Southeast Asia, which by the way, are at, a, at a different price point as well. They're anywhere from 30 to maybe $70 a watch. Um, the parents cannot rely on them to be able to contact their child whenever they need to, especially if the child may be in danger or in a threatening situation or find their location. They're more of a vanity, a fashion, a fad type product. Space Talk, which we built for the Western market, is incredibly reliable, accurate, has got a fantastic mobile phone coverage and GPS coverage. And in fact, our lab testing, independent, independent testing shows that the reception and GPS quality of Space Talk is better than a regular smartphone. So getting back to your question about whether it's the market size, um, we think the market size in Australia alone um, will be between 120 and 180,000 units per year um, by about 2020 or 2021. So probably you know, another 18 months to three years away. We are certainly seeing tremendous interest and uptake uh, in Space Talk. Um, so they're the numbers we are uh, internally uh, shooting for and gearing up for, but we're not just selling it in Australia. We're, we'll be selling it um, in other Western-speaking international, uh, Western um, international markets um, as quickly as we can as well, which will be in the new year. And in your latest presentation, um, around 5,000 units sold, obviously, you know, things can change, but that's sort of a, a target level and a, and a level which gets you into profitability from that side of the business. Yes. Uh, we'll, well, I guess it, the important thing to you to, uh, to just to realise uh, is that uh, MGM is actually two businesses in one. 
It's got a very established, well-performing, very profitable school communication business that has actually funded the entire development and the manufacturing process for Space Talk. Uh, we've done that entirely out of cash flow, out of profits, and in fact, we've even paid dividends along the way. So underpinning the, uh, the, uh, the company's expansion into kids' wearables is a very strong, robust business. Um, so we're not reliant on just the Space Talk business for the success uh, and future of, of, of prosperity of the company. Um, our numbers show that uh, we will be profitable somewhere around the five to 7,000 uh, unit sales per annum of Space Talk. But that number can vary a bit depending on how much we invest in advertising and promotion. Because um, Space Talk is parents just love it, but at the moment, not that many people know about it. So it's our job to actually get it out there to make parents aware of it and to buy it. I was running a, a few numbers just on the demographics and I sort of thought your, your target market was really about 2 to 2.3 million children um, who fit that age bracket. And I was actually interestingly talking to my five-year-old this morning um, and he had asked if he could get a watch. And he said two of his friends had, I actually forget the name, I want to say Minion, but that's a TV show, a movie. Uh, and they, my wife just compared that to a kid's Fitbit and she discussed that it didn't have really any of the features that, that your watch has that I've had a little look at. But the thing the kids loved about it was they could track how far they walk and they could then have competitions with each other about that. And then it's set in stages, um, you know, what if you achieve targets on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So really like a Fitbit that you can then look at on an app um, and measure yourself. How, given the product is built, execution is, is, you know, normally the next challenge. And given that you're going into a market where it is going to be so driven by, <clears throat> well, parents that want to potentially look after their kids, but largely from the kids sort of wanting to follow the cool kid at school or another kid. How do you get the product in front of them? And, and how do you, I guess, find a, a child influencer to, um, to come and support it? Well, I think, uh, first of all, um, uh, Space Talk does have a step counter and other fitness tracking or activity tracking features. So Space Talk does everything a Fitbit does, but a whole lot more. Um, it makes and receives phone calls, text messages, but only to a parent controlled list. Um, we've got, uh, of course, a step counter. We've got school mode, we've got alarms. We've got a whole range of fantastic superb features way in excess of a Fitbit. And in a Fitbit costs $170. Uh, we're selling, uh, Space Talk is available through uh, JB Hi-Fi right now for $349. So in terms of value for money, it's far superior to the features that you find in a, in a Fitbit. Um, but to answer the second part of your question about how do we reach uh, those uh, cool kids at school that everybody else wants to follow, well, it's happening. Um, we're getting reports um, that, um, you know, there are schools all over the country where parents are contacting or asking, where do we get this? Where can we buy a space talk watch for our kids? Um, somebody's arrived to the school with wearing a space talk. You know, the kids want it. I mean, if you're a kid, wouldn't you like to make phone calls and send text messages um, in addition 
to counting your steps? <laughs> that sounds as simple. Of course you would. And I guess that sort of leads me into the next question that from a, I guess, from an analyst point of view, once you buy the watch, then there's a monthly fee that you pay to, to who? Well, um, there's a monthly <coughs> app fee that, uh, that um, is uh, you know, a fee to the company, to, uh, to, um, to Spacetalk, um, and that's $5.99 per month. And that covers all the customer uh, service uh, and um, and also to protect the data from being um, it, 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 to be held securely and, uh, and and private and to maintain all the privacy standards. It's important. Just getting back to an, an earlier point, uh, we spoke about about the uh, watches coming out of Asia for you know, thirty to seventy dollars. Um, those watches um, are not secure. They can be very easily hacked, and the data is held in insecure locations. And it's sold uh, to um, to marketers and uh, other companies like that. Um, and in fact, in Europe, uh, Germany and Finland have banned the use of those products. And even in the UK, uh, where someone got on the market, uh, there's been a total product recall. Um, so, uh, from a business or analyst point of view, yes, we have that uh, the initial upfront re- revenue of selling the watch, but then we have the ongoing revenue of uh, five dollars ninety nine. Per month, um, it's not actually per device because uh, the one app can be used for several devices. Um, but it's you know there's an ongoing revenue uh, source there as well. Well, annuity income is always good. Um, and so I guess you have your watches, you get them out there. A few kids use them. Distribution. You you mentioned JB Hi-Fi before. What what are your other channels or or who who are your other uh, carriers of the product? Okay, so we uh, we uh, started uh, by selling uh, the watch. We did a soft launch, selling it off our website, um, and that's gone incredibly well. Um, we've uh, sold just through that channel alone uh, three thousand units, um, and uh, and uh, we've just recently um, had a JB Hi-Fi come on come online. Um, they're selling it through their online store. This is only the actually the second week that they're selling, but uh, expectations. Uh, uh, ex, you know the reality is exceeding exceeding everybody's expectations. The numbers are, that are coming through are very good, and we're currently engaged with a whole raft of other retailers, distributors, and even mobile network operators. So um, we are uh, we're looking forward to uh, a great Christmas and back to school selling period. Um, with this product, we've actually got two goalposts for the year. Uh, they're both coming up. Um, so we're currently manufacturing. Um, large numbers to fill uh, the inventory into the supply channel. So we've got plenty of stock to, uh, to sell the watches and we'll be backing that up with a meaningful advertising and marketing campaign um, leading into Christmas and back to school. And what, what can our listeners over the next 12 to, to 24 months uh, look forward to, to seeing your company doing or, or what should they look to see if you guys are on the right track? You mentioned the sort of 5,000 units sold, is, is that sort of a target you'd like to hit over the next 12-month period or, or is that for the cal- this calendar year? Well, we'd, uh, we're hoping that we'll sell a lot more than 5,000 units um, over the next financial year, uh, this, uh, so after June 30th of next year. Um, the, uh, uh, we're certainly building inventories to support far higher sales than that. Uh, but look, I think the, uh, the key things are that uh, we... Um, 
you know, we have uh, we build our inventory reserves until we've got plenty of stock to sell, uh, and then we roll out a very good advertising and marketing program. Um, there's strong interest from retailers, um, and um, you know, watch the space. Um, we'll be reporting our sales and keeping the market updated with our sales results, uh, but uh, we're certainly gearing up for a, some significant numbers coming through. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. And where can our listeners, besides from your ASX code being M for Michael WR, where can any interested parents come and have a look at your watch or where can listeners find out more information? Look, uh, in terms of the watch itself, just Google Space Talk um, and you'll have all the information there. Go into our Facebook page and you can see what other parents are saying. We've got a very active community there and feedback, lots of feedback from, from parents. Um, uh, describing how they use the watch, how happy they are with the watch, uh, thousands of comments there. Um, and from an analyst or financial point of view, of course, keep it on our uh, ASX results. Our, our code is uh, MWR, and also on our Twitter feed, we uh, we share more information, um, not that's a directly market relevant on our Twitter account. That's at MGM Wireless, the Twitter account. Um, yeah, and we'll be we're looking forward to some. Uh, a really meaningful uh, Christmas and, you, and uh, back to school period. All right, great. Well, thanks a lot, Mark. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you, George.